0: Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman.
1: Welcome to Career Central. This is Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals by providing you strategies that you can implement immediately. Before we get too far into the show, I want to thank you for all the comments you sent after our show last week. Um, Giving us that kind of feedback helps us make plans for future shows. Our topic today is office romance. We thought this was a great day, the day after Valentine's Day to um, bring up this topic. So it may seem a little off track from our usual program, but we know that more than one in 10 people meet their future partner at work and a lot more try, but are not successful. Our guest today will help us understand how to handle an office romance successfully. Rachel Biddy is a human resource professional who understands the career implications of an office romance and has published several articles on how to handle office romances, including an HR experts take on how to navigate office romance, how to handle an office romance gone sour, and the pros and cons of an office romance between older workers. So Rachel, welcome to Career Central. Thank you for having me, Lorraine. I'm so excited to be here. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your career path?
2: Um, Yes, I have a little bit of an unusual career path once I found my way, um, which is always kind of fun to do. Uh, Welcome to having an undergrad degree in international relations and economics and working at the United Nations and discovered I didn't like that at all. (laughs) Um, So I learned very early, at least what I didn't like. And so then I was on the path to discover what kind of work I would love to do. So welcome to uh, somebody gave me some good advice to just go temp. A, I had to pay loans off and I went ahead and got a chance to meet with, a, you know, work with a bunch of different companies and a bunch of different roles uh, to get started. So I actually temped for like my first year and a half outside of college, uh, which was good experience and also, you know, got, got me to pay a few uh, loans off. Um, From there, I did work at a big six accounting firm uh, that didn't last very long, unfortunately. Uh, I also discovered that the type of boss I worked for really mattered a great deal. And so that was another learning. And then I was very fortunate to get um, hired by a small PR firm um, that was a husband-wife team that he kept screwing up payroll, so she made him hire somebody to come in and fix payroll. So I was very fortunate to be there for almost five years helping them grow their company in all the operations, HR, finance, IT. Um, we got to grow that firm. It was fantastic. And I had some very good advice from him. He said, you kind of like this HR thing. You quit. You know, you're not hiring anybody. You keep hanging on to it. And so I was fortunate. He said, why don't you go take some classes? And so I did. I took a, some early classes through San Jose State, which is a, a state college here in California. And one of the classes was around recruitment. And I loved it. I thought it was business focused. I got to meet new people. I got to you know, drive results and make things happen. And I had the courage to give the instructor my resume at the end of the class. Um, And what I found out was actually the Saturday before, he'd actually been kind of a pain in my butt. Uh, He had grilled me what felt like all day long in that Saturday class. And when I had the courage to give him my resume, he goes, well, I just got hired at Apple as their head of talent acquisition. Would you like to come down and interview? Um, So I was very fortunate to, at that point, he's like, I've already interviewed you in class. He's like, now you need to decide if you want to come work for me. So. Uh, That was the launch of my career from an HR perspective. Um, I spent 15 years between Apple and Intuit, uh, both on the recruitment side and the HR business partner side, and also left HR for about five years uh, to work on process excellence. I have a little bit of a data geek in me. And then from there, I ended up uh, getting a chance to be head of HR for small companies for the last six years. Um, So that was really the highlight to take everything I'd learned at big companies and go help small ones who are scrappy and trying to figure stuff out. Uh, And then I took a break, sabbatical for a while, and now I've launched my consulting business. So hopefully some of that early career stuff will be helpful for people.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. I want to just highlight a couple things you said because they're so important to our listeners. Um, One is that you discovered that you didn't want to follow the career path that you thought you did. And so you just stepped back and tried a whole bunch of different things. You also got a good idea of the kind of boss you like to work for and not look for and so okay. you went in the direction to find you know a boss that you liked and you networked with your professor you yeah. got the courage up to say here's my resume i'd really you know basically say you know i'd like to either get your advice or something like that and so again, that networking, that outreaching, and that being open to possibilities. And thank you for sharing that with our listeners, because I think so many folks think they they get on a career path, they graduate in a major, and they have to stay there. And you have just empowered them to go, "Mm, no, it's okay to look around, do do something different. And it's okay for an international studies major to go into HR. So thank you for sharing that. But we really called you, or asked you to come on to talk about office romance. And you have, you have that HR background, so you speak as an expert, you've been there, you've seen it, and you've written some fantastic articles. So what made you take on this whole idea of talking about a very controversial subject? Yeah,
2: so I was fortunate that one of my uh, heads of HR jobs was the Jobbyte, which is in a uh, human capital management software, and so that head of HR job, part of my job was to be a spokesperson for the company. Uh, I got a chance to work with customers and prospects, and um, they really kind of put me as a spokesperson for the company. And so the PR team was, you know, bold. They'd let me do anything. My CEO would let me do anything, which is great. And so I think they, I think they came up with the, Hey, let's do this. And I was like, okay. Uh, Just because I I had no fear. I I felt that being transparent and open and honest with people is the best way to try to improve situations. So at that point, uh, we were doing a lot of work around millennials in the workforce because we didn't have our Gen Zers yet and um, and how they were really recognizing that their work life was a big part of their personal life. And so that was kind of the impetus for them to take on this topic with me. So
1: that's how it started. Okay. Um, Want to talk a little bit about that process of, I mean, you had no fear. You took it on. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about about the project and how you, how you approached it. Yeah. Um, so what's
2: fantastic with our PR team is that they would just talk to me. Uh, they would just ask me questions and they just let me roll. And I found, I, I didn't, I didn't discover this until later in my career. And I wish I'd probably discovered a little bit earlier Was that I had a lot of opinions. Like I'm a very opinionated person. I have lots of ideas. I don't know what's the right thing all the time, uh, but I really just believe in cultivating conversations. And so Um, I just was very fortunate at that stage where it didn't bother me. I was like, this is something that people need to talk about because it does come up, and when it's not handled well, it can be really detrimental for folks. Um, And so, you know, anything we could do to try to help people navigate what I kind of call the early stages of user relationship in the workplace is probably the best thing to think about. So, all
1: right, I
2: didn't realize we ended up having so many articles. Though I was like, oh my gosh, we did do three, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they're great. You know, and I'm, there probably are other ones that I just didn't didn't come across, but those are the ones that really mm-hmm. um, I found very interesting and yeah. prompted me to you know call you, set up this interview, and let's let's just tap into those opinions that you've got. So. Right. If our listeners um, want to start dating a, a coworker, and I love that you talk about the early stages, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give them?
2: Right. You know, I think what's interesting is that just to recognize that having a relationship with someone in the workplace is going to have a little bit more complexity than if you weren't in the same workplace. And if you're in a big company versus a smaller company, can have very different dynamics as well. And so one of the first things I always encourage people is understand your company culture and I call it like double-check the policy, right? Um, some companies have very strict policies. Some don't. Um, some might not have anything written because they're, you know, a six-person company. They get, they're, you know, they're lucky they're getting payroll done, right? So, but I understand the culture too. Is this a company where you have seen other people who were dating and they were public? Or huh, I haven't heard of anybody dating. That probably tells you, I guarantee you somebody's dating if it's a big enough company, but they're just not talking about it. So really understand your company culture and policy. Just, you know, keep that in mind. I think the other one is what I call kind of, you know, knowing the relationship. And this is a little harder to figure out early in a relationship, right, when you're just first starting to date. You know, can you trust this other person to handle it in the workplace as well, right? Um, And just ask yourself, if I'm going to be open about this relationship, do I think this partner that I'm in a relationship, that they're going to handle it in, in the best manner that we agree to, right? Whatever that plan is. And so, you know, trusting that partner, but also knowing that partner and knowing that relationship that you're starting on, I think is another important, because there's both of you. It's not just you. It's both of you, right? Um you, know, you can chat with HR, you know, they deal with this all the time, believe it or not. We have people ask us, like, what should I do? Right. And it's really cute. And it's just, it's particularly they are first, like, really probably getting serious. Uh, sometimes you can ask your HR folks to see if they have any advice. Right. Uh, they may. Um, and then, you know, then I think it's about, you know, really having a plan with your partner of do you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? Um, how are you going to make that, uh, work or not work in communicating this with your coworkers? Um, the groups that I have found that have navigated this well is usually in cultures where it's kind of known and people don't, you know, they're not like boasting, like, Oh, guess what? So-and-so and I got together. It's, it's more that like someone asks them, so what did you do for the weekend? they are like, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so and I are seeing each other and we went to the beach on Friday. Right. Or something. Yeah. So I think it's when it's natural, um, when people are able to talk about relationships that they have with others in their workplace, um, that it's not something that they bring up proactively. It's not something that they boast about. It's that it comes up in natural conversations when people are asking about your personal life or what you did for the weekend. Um, that's where it tends to be more natural. Um, it's in response to someone inquiring about you and your life a little bit. So, um. I think the other, you know, part of it is about you've got to have some boundaries, right? And this goes back to trusting the partner and trusting the relationship. Like, what things will you talk about? What things won't you talk about? Um, You know, I know know one couple that was so organized, they actually, like, had a plan for if they broke up, how they were going to communicate the breakup, which I thought was kind of cute. Like, talk about being organized. You know, they were on the same page, which was great. But really knowing, like, you know, having that trusted relationship with someone and being clear about what types of things will and won't you talk about in your workplace as part of your relationship. Um, And I think the other thing I end up having hearing from people is, well, does one of us leave the job? Like, that question does come up. um, And you know, my advice to people on all of that is: if you really think you have a life partner in here, right, um, and there, and that is pretty important, us finding that happiness and that love in our life, uh, it might be consideration. If it's a big enough company, maybe you change divisions, right? Um, but at the same time, I also think it's a it's a pretty important step to take because if you weren't dating this person in this workplace, you probably wouldn't leave the job. Probably, like th- those are the types of questions to ask yourself: like, would I be leaving anyhow? I think what helps in this day and age is people do move jobs like every 18, 24 months, if not more frequently. So um, that usually works. But I think really trying to figure out how serious is a relationship before you really make that type of career uh, decision. So those are just kind of tend to be a lot of the highlights. Um, I hope that's helpful for folks. And I'm sure Lorraine, you've got some good questions. I
1: think it's, I think it's helpful. Let's, let's put you on the spot of, of the HR person, yeah. young well, young, middle-aged, old, doesn't make any difference, Yeah, comes in and says, gee, you know, um, I want to date so-and-so, how is this going to affect my career, you know, is it okay with the, what kinds of questions should somebody ask that HR rep so that they have a a feeling of how they can move forward?
2: I think the first one is, you know, be clear on the policy. Um, I have a very different opinion on this if there's a hierarchy. Um, So, you know, if there is a power situation where someone's a boss and another person, that's where I'm a little less encouraging of people to pursue the relationship right away. Um, I've just more times than not, I've seen them not work. Okay. Um and, you know, but if you do find yourself like completely falling in love with someone who works for you or who you work for, okay, but I would try to remove that power situation as soon as possible because I actually think it messes with the personal relationship as well as there's probably some usually most companies nowadays are a bit more careful about that just given our environment of, you know, having not having a harassing environment, not having something go sour um so but if it's if it's just a a peer let's say across the company uh, i think you can ask it like what's the culture around here do other people date do other people not do we know about it do people talk about it um ask about the policy just to make sure um, and then ask them for advice right and see because they'll they'll know the culture of the company particularly if you're newer to the company maybe you haven't seen that culture um to ask them for advice of what you what you might do in the workplace uh and my guess is most of them will say Keep it pretty private, right? If you want to be respected for the work that you do and your partner wants to be respected for the work that they do, sometimes keeping your personal life a little separate from your professional might not be a bad situation for, you know, the first certain period of that relationship. Um, but I, I, I do have a different opinion if there's a power situation involved. I think those get a little tricky.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and we will we'll, we'll touch on that, but f- right now... Um, you're out there, you're thinking, I'd really like to date somebody, they've shown an interest in you, it's right. okay to go to HR and say, gee, um, we've met, we'd really like to spend time together, we'd like to explore, what is the company policy? Yeah. First question. Yep. Yeah. And then the next question is, what kind of advice would you give us? Right. Okay. And I love the idea of having a breakup plan. It sort of makes you feel like you have the exit plan or you're planning to leave a company. But um, really, that sounds like a very, very sensible idea, not one I, I have ever really thought about. So. And I,
2: I hadn't thought about it either until someone actually put it together, which cracked me up, uh, which I was there you guys I think the other question I had in there was, you know, asking the HR person, what's the culture of people dating here? Yeah. Is there a history, right? Like one of the first companies I worked for, it was a husband-wife team. So of course they were, they were married, right? And so, you know, you really have to recognize that there are big companies, small companies, family owned. Um, the reality is, is this does happen in the workplace. And so it's understanding. And like, does this happen here? How is it handled? What advice do you have? All of those are good questions to ask the HR person. And you might even be able to ask a peer, let's say there isn't an HR department. Um, you can always ask somebody who's a peer in the organization to see if they know anything about the culture um, as well. So,
1: yeah. Would you ever ask your boss?
2: Or is that yeah, sure? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, particularly because your boss is supposed to mentor and guide you, right? Mm-hmm. Through, through your career and through your um, time as an employee. I think if you don't have a trusted relationship with the boss or you're concerned about them being like a big mouth, then you know maybe not. But um, I think most managers are, are, are meant to be mentors to help their employees navigate something like this.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, any more advice on how to leverage your HR department or maybe the relationships with other employees before you step forward? In this relationship. I think
2: the only other advice I would have is it's okay to probably do a couple dates <laughs> before you maybe even ask, right? I mean, part of it is you're kind of seeing, you know, do it because we all know that I'm sure there's statistics of how many how many dates never go past the first date, right? So I do think there is something about having a first date or a second date uh, and then going, hmm, maybe, and then they talk about, say, are we serious about continuing to date? Are we looking to be exclusive, right? When you when you get past that first couple dates, that's what I think it's okay to start talking to HR or talking and looking at the company. I don't think it has to be right away. I don't think it has to be like, oh, we looked at each other, I gotta go talk to HR. Like, I don't think it has to be that,
1: so. <laughs> okay, okay, I I, I love that. Um, I shared with you that um, I met my husband, we married six months later. So it was love at first sight. I don't think there was so (laughs) the concept of going out for a couple of times, I think is, is great. And then decide if, if that's what you want to do. So great advice. Um, Talk to HR, if not HR, a peer, if not your, your boss, but after you've gone out maybe once or twice, um, and realize that you really do want to move forward in a relationship and you want to make sure that it's okay with your work environment. So we are going to take a very short break and then we're going to come back and talk to Rachel more about office romance and and talk about some of the topics that she um, mentioned about maybe dating somebody who you work with or work for you and then just really continue into the That work-life balance and if romance is part of your workday, how you handle it. So we will be right back.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career Transition Specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting, to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interview That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now back to Career Central.
1: Welcome back to Career Central in our conversation with Rachel Biddy about office romance. This is the day after Valentine's Day. So it seemed like a perfect day to talk about office romances. Um, and Rachel, before the break, we were talking a lot about figuring out the culture, of your company, you know, asking questions. But now let's move into the you've gone on a couple dates, looks like the culture's fine. So how do we handle those romantic relationships in in the office? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. I think what's most important is that you and your partner need to be on the same page. And so I think it's about the two of you probably having a conversation around What are we going to share? Who are we going to share this with? When are we going to share this with other people? And so having that plan uh, usually works itself out. uh, When the plan blows up, usually the relationship blows up to be (laughs) candid. So if you're able to get through that sort of a plan with your partner, I think that's the most important. And each, and you know, I've seen couples handle it uh, really differently. Some have been very private about it and, You know, folks are like, hey, I noticed so-and-so comes in the same car in the morning. like, okay, right? Like, I don't care. Um, And they just, they don't talk about it, right? And others, they do talk about it if you ask them about, you know, what's going on in their personal life. Um, And others, they went ahead and, you know, shared with their closest uh, colleagues on their team, potentially. And once you share it with your colleagues on your team, it, you know, kind of filters. So I think first and foremost is having a plan with your partner, whatever that looks like. Um, And every every partner group decides very differently, particularly on the when they're going to share it uh, more than anything else. I think what I tend to find is that most groups that when they do decide to go public, they just go public because it just, it, 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 everybody seems to know pretty quickly. So it's, uh, it doesn't really matter so much kind of the who at that point, (laughs) but there might be a pacing of who they tell first in their, in their work environment. So having that plan is the most important part, and then when you're in the relationship, you'll see how the relationship progresses. Um, and then, you know, sometimes folks continue to date, and it goes really well. And others, it there's a breakup. And uh, I actually can say that I've been more involved as an HR professional in situations where there was a breakup. Um, that either we did or didn't know they were dating, but there's a breakup that goes sour. And that's where we usually end up doing a lot of advice and coaching to help um, folks kind of navigate through that. Cause that's not very fun for people in general, much less in the workplace. So,
1: so let's tap into your experience mm-hmm. because we always want relationships to move forward and, you know, move into, you know, further and further life partners, soulmates, okay. but doesn't always happen now. And as an HR person, you've seen this. So, you want to share like some of the impact that can have and maybe how those problems could have been avoided?
2: Yeah. I mean, I know
1: it's a plan, but let's get into the the nitty-gritty of, of the plan and, and maybe even how the people around can help.
2: Yeah, I um I think the impact it ends up having can be twofold. Uh one is of course on those individuals, right? Um, we can all imagine when you go through a breakup, it's usually not a hundred (laughs) percent mutual. There's usually one party that's a little bit more of a motivator, um, than, than not, uh, in the sense of the breakup. And so the impact is to those individuals, right. And how they're moving through that, that, that change or that loss too, because you're losing a relationship. Um, that's the first point. And so, you know, how we always used to like checking on our employees, like, how are they doing? Like, are they moving through this? Um, you know, we would encourage people to think about counseling, right? Um, you know, having, having somebody who's a professional through an employee relations program, you know, as I say, we pay for it. It's completely confidential. This person is in service to you who's a professional who can help you move through this loss. Um, and it's a loss of, a, of, a, of somebody you probably were, you know, pretty serious about. And so, all, you know, we always would encourage employees to think about outside resources that they could leverage um, and then giving them advice on navigating kind of internally. I think the other impact is potentially on a team, right? Or the broader organization where they just don't want to get involved in what they consider might be drama, right? And so my first advice for people when they're doing a breakup is I would keep it a bit private, right? Um, I have seen some really nasty situations where people have just been, you know, cruel and public and it just, it's, it actually shows unprofessionalism Uh, it's, it's, believe me, it makes you both look really bad. Um, and so, you know, be able to keep it private and say, yeah, you know, we did break up and just leave it at that. Right. Um, it's not of anybody else's business. It's your personal private business. You can choose to share what you don't want to share. But I think having a little bit of a play with your partner, when you do break up, they like, can we talk about how we're going to answer this at work? Right. Might be a good conversation. Um, and then I think, you know, the other thing is that it's okay to adjust things a little bit, Right. Uh, I think of it as, you know, if you always had to come through a certain doorway and that person's office was on that side, go in another door, change up your routine, um, you know, it's okay to have a little bit of distance from this person, right? Um, that's not a bad thing because you would have normally had 100% distance probably from them if you weren't in the workplace. And so it's okay um, to adjust things a little bit, right? Maybe you won't go to that happy hour that's on Friday because you know the person's going to be there. But don't let that take away from you doing a happy hour. Maybe bug a colleague and maybe the two of you go someplace else just, just to switch it up like once or so. Um, I think keeping that distance isn't, isn't a bad thing. Um, for just that transition period is you're kind of mourning or you're, you know, you're going to go through all the stages of loss, right? Grief, anger, et cetera. Um, and then I think the most important part is, you know, find a way to move on, right? And hopefully if you both love your career and you both love your jobs and you both love this company, um, hopefully you can find a way to move on within that organization. Um, and this is where I have seen people, you know, transfer, transfer departments, um, who just said, you know what, I'm going to try something new. And sometimes they did it right away. Sometimes they waited six months, which was fine. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever really had anybody like leave the company, uh, because of a breakup. Um, trying to think, I don't think so. Um, usually we got people to kind of behave themselves a little bit. It's just like, you're, you know, you're human. And I get that bad things can happen every once in a while, but it's being able to coach and advise people through that transition. So, um, more than anything else.
1: A great advice. What I would really like is the idea of tapping into your EAP, your um, em, employee um, assistance program.
2: Right.
1: never even thought about that. Those folks are there to help you through mm-hmm. challenging times. This is definitely um, a challenging time. The concept of trying to have a discussion on how you're going to handle the breakup. That sounds okay. great. And then that whole concept of of the distancing yeah. is even if your partner won't buy into or your ex partner now, buy right. into a plan, you have the power to make mm-hmm. your own plan. Um, okay. Yeah. Any any other thoughts about um how to handle that that breakup of the resources um or what to avoid. Um sometimes office gossip is something you want to really try and avoid.
2: Yeah, I think any sort of, you know, if you have an office environment that's a little gossipy, you just have to shut it down. And you have the power to do that. Because guess what? You're the one with the information. Mm-hmm. They're asking you, as I always say, just because someone asked me a question does not mean I need to give an answer, right? Um, and you can shut it down. You can say, you know what? I appreciate your concern for me, right? To be like, if you're concerned about me, you quit asking me these damn questions. Um, I appreciate your concern for me, but, I, you know, at this point, I'm really just going to keep this private and, and I'm doing okay. Right. And just, you know, kind of push people off. You do that a couple times, your gossipy people will go away. Um, I think in the distance thing, I think it's okay to, like I mentioned, to have some distance for a short period. But if you find yourself dramatically changing your behavior at the company, that's when it's probably not, it's probably not okay anymore. Right. Um, and so that's the thing to be watchful of. If you're finding yourself completely retreating from all social activities because of this breakup that happened you know, months before, that's not helpful for you either, both from a, 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 an engaging in the company, but also just being who you are at that company and then probably missing out on opportunities to engage with your coworkers that could also end up being some missed career opportunities. You don't know about projects or getting a chance to do something. So be careful about that distance. It's good to have it. But don't let it be too long probably would be my other thing. Um, Your other question was like things to avoid, right? Yeah. No blowups. Oh, Lordy. I I mean, I've definitely had, I've had exes, you know, threatening to come into the office. They weren't, you know, they didn't, they weren't dating coworkers. Um, Yeah, just don't, just don't add to the drama, right? You have a choice to do that. Um, And don't add to the gossip and just shut it down. You have the power to do that. So. Uh, and when I've, I've had, I've had a situation where they had a plan <laughs> that they weren't going to talk and one blew the plan completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really hurtful to the other person who stuck to the plan. Um, but it also told you something about the relationship. It told you something about the person who chose to be unprofessional, right? It actually is more detrimental to the person who breaks that plan and chooses to not be very professional in the workplace. It it doesn't look kindly on them. so.
1: And I want to reinforce, because we are talking about our careers and romance, is that the way you handle a breakup can be seen by your peers and your um, people that you report to as a reflection on how you handle stress, conflict, um, emotional issues. So, I mean, take this as an opportunity to just show how professional you are and how you can stay focused um, and keep moving forward. Yeah. Any, any advice if you see a coworker going through all of this that you know you don't want to be the gossip, you know, but you also want to help them through? So, any advice?
2: Um, I think the advice whenever you're, you know, we, we talk about this whenever someone has like a significant loss or let's say somebody gets laid off on the group, right? You're like, oh, I don't know how to go talk to them. My biggest advice on any of this is that just go say, "How you doing?" Right. Don't ask a yes, no question. Don't ask it, are you okay? Because that's a very yes, no question and people that doesn't get you very much depth in the conversation. Really just ask an open-ended questions about how they're doing, right? Hey, I kind of noticed this. I just wanted to check in with you. How you doing? Would you like to go for a coffee or something? And just make it about being in service to that person. And I can guarantee you the conversation will be fine. Yeah. Um And because it shows you care, and they may also tell you, I'm not going to talk about it. You're like, okay, great. I just wanted you to know I'm here. And if you have any tough moments, just know I'm here, right? And that is often enough for an employee to just really feel like someone cares, because that's
1: usually all they're looking for sometimes. So
2: yeah.
1: So great advice. So if you're the coworker, just walk up and say, I'm here, you know, yeah. do you want to talk? And if they say no, say that's okay, I'm here. So right. Great advice, because I think sometimes we see an office romance break up and, and we don't know what to do, and then we kind of drift away because we don't want to be part of some kind of a, yeah. a conflict. So yeah. I think in your brave way, you're just saying, just get in there. Just
2: get in there and just ask the person, are they, you know, how are you doing?
1: Yeah. How can I help you? Right.
2: And make those questions, you know, not yes, no questions and make those questions very open and make those questions about showing your care for that coworker and then letting that coworker know that you're there. So,
1: yeah. So we've been talking about coworkers. Let's get okay. into what can be really sticky for HR um, folks is what if you're interested in, something, in dating someone who reports to you, a subordinate? Right.
2: Uh, my simple answer is don't do it. <laughs> um, and I realize I'm probably, you know, probably not as modern as the real world in this day and age. And I get that. I've, I've just never seen it go well unfortunately. Um, and maybe there have been some that I just didn't keep track of right later in my career. Um, I, I would almost ask yourself, why am I interested in this person? Whether they report to me or I report to them, what is it about them? Do they fit the profile of someone I would normally be interested in? Right? So really ask yourself the question of why are you interested? Because I do think the d- power dynamics, um, have some in and, and the workplace because you are a supervisor and and a you know an employee. There are some power dynamics that are going on in the workplace. Let's be honest, right? And there are sometimes power dynamics that go on in relationships. And so, you know, my biggest advice is just don't do it. <laughs> uh, my next advice is really ask yourself why am I potentially attracted or interested in this person. Um, And that may help you get some clarity on, is this really important? Is this not important? Um, If you go to the other, you know, if you continue to go like, no, this is the love of my life. It's my soulmate. I just know it. And then it's like, okay, so maybe you should go on a temporary assignment somewhere else. Right. Or, or, you know, Uh, whichever, whichever one of you can transition easiest. um, So then say, okay, let's go give this a shot. That's probably the only way I would even potentially recommend people navigate that. So I know I'm harsh on that, but I've just seen it go sideways so
1: many times. Um, And and I agree. And I think probably your idea of having a plan, if there was ever a time to have a plan, this is it. And a, a really open conversation um, with the person that you're interested in. I mean, that's gotta be an awkward conversation, but.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I think think it's even more important, like you said, to have a plan or have a conversation because you do have this power dynamic going on in the work situation, Um, so. And usually, usually those, those incidences happen pretty quickly. Like someone just got hired or, you know, and you're like, do you really know this person? They just got hired. Right. And so I think that's why you have to ask yourself, like, is it, is there really something here Um, before you progress?
1: (laughs) So let's go the opposite way is you really, really like the person that you report to and you really think that's your soulmate. Uh, Same advice. Don't do it.
2: Um, and my reason being is because, you know, it's, it's a power situation. It's a power work situation uh, as much as sometimes we, you know, have mentors, we have managers that, you know, are a little more collaborative, but, uh, I don't recommend it. I think if you do find yourself like finding, falling madly in love with your boss, really ask yourself the question, why, what is this about? Uh, kind of the same thing. And then if you find yourself like really in that situation you, you gotta have a conversation like what's going on here like you know are you certain right have, has it been reciprocated have you had a conversation um I, I just yeah i really don't encourage it either direction i just don't <laughs> maybe if i'd had a success story in my career but having worked for you know almost 25 years in the in the corporate america i have not Besides people who are already married, yeah. I have not seen a subordinate and a manager work. So,
1: And a lot of um, companies have policies against that too, yeah. just that whole um, concept of nepotism. Yep. So it sounds like if you are sure that your boss is your soulmate, probably the best thing to do is find another job in the company and then say, gee, would you like to go out for coffee? And we can get to know each other. Is that yeah, kind I- of...
2: Yeah, I think it's okay to maybe have a conversation with the boss to be like, "Hey, I really kind of like you." Before you maybe make the job, but even right. having that conversation, if it's not reciprocated, like, "Oh, that's awkward," right? Um,
1: so, so maybe you need to be prepared to jump to another job. Right, right. Part of the plan is if this doesn't go well. Yeah. Then, then I have a, a transfer to another department.
2: And I do think it's interesting is if the supervisor is willing to transfer versus the employee. Because yeah. who's maybe got more at risk from a career perspective? If that supervisor is willing to take the risk and to move because they are really thinking they're falling in love with the subordinate, that tells you a lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So not, not always the easiest person to move jobs is the right one. Sometimes it might be the, the manager to do it. So.
1: We are going to take another very, very short break, and then we're going to come back and continue our conversation about office romances, only we're going to talk about it from the organizational point of view. If you're the boss and you have people that are dating, what's your role? So come, uh, we'll be right back and we'll continue our conversation.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Are you
3: worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career Transition Specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired, Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today.
0: To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview the number two work.com. Now back to Career Central.
1: Welcome back to Career Central and our conversation with Rachel Biddy. We have been talking a lot about um, office romances, coworkers, you know, how to work that out. Talked a little bit about subordinates and supervisors and both kind of agree that is really a scary area to be in. But I want to move to how all of this impacts an organization. We talked a little bit about if you have a friend that is, you know, uh, an office romance is ended. You can go up, ask them, you know, how are you really be supportive, but a, a breakup can affect an entire organization. And so because Rachel is our HR person going to ask her, um, how do these office breakups affect an organization as an HR person? You know, what do supervisors need to think about? How do they need to to handle these? So just, Share share with us your experience and opinions. Yeah, so if
2: I'm speaking to kind of you know other other heads of HR, heads of people and talent, is you know have a policy, right? Because that's a good place to start. Um, and hopefully your company has probably a set of values, uh, which is how you want to be behaving as an organization. And those values can be a great starting point to say, is there something here we should take a look at, or does it guide us should something come up? Um, the other is that. I think you just have to trust your employees to be adults. You know, they are adults, right? Um, and it's actually funny when I was thinking about this, like the the trickiest ones I've had have actually been people who got divorced later in life and then started dating at work. So those were, it wasn't really the young people. It was actually the older folks that were like, oh, I'm dating again. That uh, they were actually kind of the fun situations. We're like, oh Lordy, here we go, right? So-and-so got a divorce, so I got to watch this out. <laughs> um, you know, I think of it as, you know, we trust employees, to be parents. We trust them. They have mortgages. They have lives. They run their lives. They are adults. And so, you know, treat your employees like adults. Um, And, you know, have conversations where you are starting with caring about them, right? Because if they were having some sort of um, other trauma with a parent or with a child, this is a similar, you know, we've seen marriages break up, right? You know, people go through transitions. This is a transition in their life whether it's dating someone or a breakup or a marriage that starts or a marriage that falls apart. And so I think it's just about you know trusting your employees and having conversations with them, um, seeing how they're really doing and then sometimes trying to be creative about what are the things you can do as a manager, or in this case, maybe just an HR professional to help both of those folks maybe heal, right? Um, we talked about leveraging your employee assistance program for some coaching and counseling. Um, that may be a way for you to move through the grief of losing a relationship. Um, Sometimes it might be like, hey, can we just put you on another project for a while? Or, you know, we've got this new cool thing over on the East Coast, you want to go hang out there for, you know, like two months or something. Um, I think it's about coming up with creative solutions to help people move through it, but then also just trust that they're adults, and they will move through it. Um, and that you have those candid conversations with people to help them move through it. So that's usually my general advice. Uh, and keep an eye on it. <laughs> like, you know, as an HR person, sometimes we keep an eye on it. Like, how's so and so doing? And I'm like, well, no. oh, you know. So sometimes you check back in, but you also let them come to you potentially for check ins too. So mm-hmm.
1: this has been fantastic. And of course, we could ask dozens more questions, but I want to ask the question that we ask each of our guests, and that is, can you give our listeners a five-second challenge, something that they can do as soon as they get off the show that will help them develop a career-advancing strategy? So what would you challenge them to do?
2: Uh, so we've been talking about workplace you know, relationships in the sense of romantic relationships. I would encourage you to just go build a new work relationship, um, whether it's to be a coach to someone or a mentor, or maybe you're looking for a, men- a mentor, or maybe there's a new hire. Maybe you could go reach out and be a buddy to them. Um, go, go, go reach out to for, for a work relationship, because those working relationships can be so meaningful. Um, I think of it as also like we're in an interesting stage of our career and companies are trying to figure stuff out you probably have, you know, things like it's Black History Month, you know, is there someone that you're like, gosh, they're the only African American on the team, maybe I should just go say hi and have coffee with them, right? Like, reach out to someone who's maybe different than you, or maybe you can build a relationship, you could be a mentor, you could be a mentee, um, where you just wanted to learn more about someone else. And you'd be amazed what sparks from that. And don't be afraid to mentor someone. Like I probably waited too long in my career to actually be a mentor to someone. If you only even just have a couple years of experience, guess what? That person doesn't have those couple years of experience. You could, you could help them out too. So go reach out.
1: Great challenge. Yeah start those relationships, be a, be a friend, be a buddy, be, be a mentor. And I want to back up what you just said is if you're six or eight months ahead of somebody else that's new in the company, you can be a mentor. And one of the things we talked about was company culture, which is so important. And if you've got a feeling for the company culture, you can really, really help a brand new employee figure out what's, what's going on. They'll, they'll know their job. They were hired for their skills, but to fit into, to that environment. So, absolutely great great advice particularly in um, this remote onboarding right like nobody gets to meet anybody right so absolutely and that's a great idea if, if you know find out who's new to your team um and say gee you know can i set up a zoom meeting because so much of that mentoring used to happen you know we called it around the water cooler but really just you know break room and stuff like that and that's just gone and so uh, great great advice both for our listeners and for the folks that they're going to reach out to. Um, I want to also um, have you share a little bit more about your new business and what would you like to tell us about what you're doing now?
2: Um, So I'm very thrilled that I actually had a couple of folks come to me last year and said, Hey, could you help us with something? And I was like, sure. Um, And then from there it's uh, it's both of those clients I'm still working with uh, six months later and the projects have expanded. Um, So yes, it's called RB Consulting. Uh, which is based upon my name, Rachel Biddy. And it really is the whole gamut of HR. Um, I think of there's the recruiting side of it, there's the business partner side, and there's the operations. Of course, the recruiting side and the business partner are my two major strengths, Uh, but I know enough about operations to be dangerous, like I'm helping a company get through some due diligence. So I mostly work with smaller companies that are either building their HR team or they have a small team because they're really trying to grow the people function to keep up with the company's growth. And that tends to be most of where I hang out. Uh, But I do everything from sexual harassment investigations to culture assessment and how do you hire to your culture, uh, which has been quite fun. Hopefully, it helps me, uh, you know, pay a few bills so that then I can really go do my passion, which is helping people with their careers and their transitions, because I think it's such an important thing to find something you love to do that also kind of lets you put some money in the bank. So
1: we'll see. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your insights on that culture and how we can um, interact with HR, HR, is some kind of that, a mystery, you know, yeah. HR makes all decisions and really um, in most companies, they're there to, to help you navigate what's going on.
2: We're mostly advisors. I always tell people, I don't really make a lot of decisions. I just advise a lot of people. <laughs>
1: so. um, I want to let you have the last word on, on the, the topic. Are there any other things that you'd like to share with our listeners? Any other yeah. HR nuggets?
2: And I don't think it's so much of a nugget. I think the fact that we're talking about relationships, I know that I was very fortunate to find my life partner when I was 19. Um, and I know you've, you've also been equally with your partner for a long time. Um, I'm very fortunate I found that. But I think what's most important for people coming off of Valentine's Day is, you know, really finding that partner in your life, if that's something you want to do, starts with you knowing and loving yourself. And so if you, you know, just really think about the things you want to be doing to better your own life and to be living the life that you want. Um, and I think those, you know, relationships kind of happen uh, in that way. So encouragement of love yourself a little bit today.
1: I think that's a good point. When we feel good about ourselves, other people are attracted to us.
2: Yep. Oh, Absolutely.
1: So, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your knowledge. I really encourage our listeners to read the articles that you've that you've published. And anyone out there who's starting a business and thinking they get can get by without an HR function, it doesn't work. You <laughs> you can produce the product, but somewhere along the line, you need the people. And yep. so, um, it's an important asset of your company. Absolutely. So um, I just want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next week. Our, next week, our guest is James Hugh. He is the CEO of JobScan. A few months ago, we had Marie Platt, who was a professional resume writer, on, and she was kept talking about JobScan and how to um, use something to check out your resume to make sure it would go through the applicant tracking system. And everybody encouraged me, please, please get an expert on on the applicant tracking systems and how to get your resume into the hands of a human. And that is what James has done. He has built a company and continues to expand its services so that you can get past a computer and get your resume into the hands of a human being, an HR person who can actually go, oh, this person looks like they're going to be a great fit for this company. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we value listener input. So please that keep that feedback coming. If you use um, a platform to listen to us other than Voice America, send us a message or go ahead and send an email directly to me at careercentralhost at And again, um, if you have questions that you want us to bring up for our guests, or if you have a guest you'd like us to um, invite, please let me know. You can use the same email address if you want to start getting personal notifications of who our upcoming guests will be. Also a reminder, if you or someone else close to you is facing a job loss, check out my book, Career Restart. It's a practical advice for surviving and moving forward after job loss. It's available on Amazon. It's a quick read and starts with strategies for handling a layoff meeting and ends with strategies for transitioning into a new job, including how to key into the culture. Um remember that our five-second challenge, which I think is absolutely fantastic, and Rachel shared with us, start a relationship, start a work relationship. So if there's a new person on your team and you're doing everything by Zoom, ask your supervisor, gee, could I um, connect with that person? Even if you're six months ahead in your job, you have the skills to mentor, especially in the area of culture, which is such an important part of keeping and moving forward in your career so until our next show I want to remind you this is Lorraine Beeman I encourage you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it so until next week thank you for listening and I hope you'll tune in for our interview with James
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host Lorraine Beeman for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.